0: The French Revolution, A History, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 3, The Guillotine, Book 5, Terror, The Order of the Day, Chapter 6, Do Thy Duty. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by Peter Dan, Book 5, Chapter 6, Do Thy Duty. Accordingly, alongside of these bonfires of church balustrades and sounds of fusillading and noyarding, there rise quite another sort of fires and sounds, smithy fires and proof follies for the manufacture of arms. Cut off from Sweden and the world, the Republic must learn to make steel for itself, and by the aid of chemists she has learnt it. Towns that knew only iron now know steel. From their new dungeons at Chantilly, aristocrats may hear the rustle of our new steel furnace there. Do not bells transmute themselves into cannon, iron stanchions into the white weapons, arm blanche, by sword cutlery? The wheels of Longres scream amid their sputtering fire-halo, grinding mere swords. The stithies of Charville ring with gun-making. What say we, Charville? 258 forges stand in the open spaces of Paris itself, A 140 of them in the Esplanade of the Invalides, 54 in the Luxembourg Garden. So many forges stand, grim smiths beating and forging at lock and barrel there. The clockmakers have come, requisitioned, to do the touch-holes, the hard solder and file-work. Five great barges swing at anchor on the Seine stream, loud with boring, the great press drills grating harsh thunder to the general ear and heart. And deft stockmakers do gouge and rasp, and all men bestir themselves according to their cunning. In the language of hope, it is reckoned that a thousand finished muskets can be delivered daily. Chemists of the Republic have taught us miracles of swift tanning. The cordwainer bores and stitches, not of wood and pasteboard, or he shall answer it to Tainville. The women sew tents and coats, the children scrape surgeon's lint, the old men sit in the marketplace, able men are on march, all men in requisition. From town to town flutters on the heaven's winds this banner The French people risen against tyrants all which is well. But now arises the question, what is to be done for Saltpeter? Uninterrupted commerce and the English Navy shut us out from Saltpeter, and without Saltpeter there is no gunpowder. Republican science again sits meditative, discovers that Saltpeter exists here and there, though in attenuated quantity. That old plaster of walls holds a sprinkling of it. That the earth of the Paris cellars holds a sprinkling of it, diffused through the common rubbish. That were these dug up and washed, saltpetre might be had. Whereupon, swiftly, see the citoyen with upshoved bonnet rouge or with doffed bonnet and hair toil-wetted, digging fiercely each in his own cellar for saltpetre. The earth-heap rises at every door, The citoyen with hod and bucket carry it up, The citoyen pith in every muscle, Shoveling and digging, for life, and saltpeter. Dig, my braves, and right well, speedy, What of saltpeter is essential the republic shall not want. Consummation of sans has many aspects and tints, But the brightest tint, really, of a solar or stellar brightness Is this which the armies give it, That same fervour of Jacobinism, which internally fills France with hatred, suspicion, scaffolds, and reason worship, does on the frontier show itself as a glorious Pope Mori. Ever since Dumouriez's defection, three convention representatives attend every general. Committee of Salut has sent them, often with this laconic order only Do thy duty, fait devoir. It is strange under what impediments the fire of Jacobinism, like other such fires, will burn. These soldiers have shoes of wood and pasteboard, or go booted in hay-ropes in dead of winter. They skewer a bass mat round their shoulders, and are destitute of most things. What then? It is for rights of Frenchhood, of manhood, that they fight. The unquenchable spirit, here as elsewhere, works miracles. With steel and bread, says the convention representative, one may get to China. The generals go fast to the guillotine, justly and unjustly. From which, what inference? This, among others, that ill success is death, that in victory alone is life. To conquer or die is no theatrical palabra in these circumstances, but a practical truth and necessity. All Girondism, halfness, compromise, is swept away. Forward, ye soldiers of the Republic, captain and man. Dash with your Gallic impetuosity on Austria, England, Prussia, Spain, Sardinia, Pitt, Coburg, York, and the devil and the world. Behind us is but the guillotine. Before us is victory, apotheosis, and millennium without end see accordingly on all frontiers how the sons of night astonished after short triumph do recoil the sons of the republic flying at them with wild serral or Marseillaise or arms with the temper of catamount or demon incarnate which no son of night can stand Spain, which came bursting through the Pyrenees, rustling with Bourbon banners, and went conquering here and there for a season, falters at such catamount welcome, draws itself in again, too happy now are the Pyrenees impassable. Not only does Dugomier, conqueror of Toulon, drive Spain back, he invades Spain. General Dugomier invades it by the eastern Pyrenees. General Muller shall invade it by the western. Shall, that is the word. Committee of Salut Public has said it. Representative Cavagnac, on mission there, must see it done. Impossible, cries Muller. Infallible, answers Cavagnac. Difficulty, impossibility, is to no purpose. The committee is deaf on that side of its head, answers Cavagnac. N'entend pas de cette oreille là. How many wantest thou of men, of horses, cannons? Thou shalt have them. Conquerors conquered or hanged, forward we must. Which things also, even as the representative spake them, were done. The spring of the new year sees Spain invaded, and redoubts are carried, and passes and heights of the most scarp description. Spanish field officerism struck mute at such cat-to-mountain spirit, the cannon forgetting to fire. Swept are the Pyrenees, town after town flies up, burst by terror or the petard. In the course of another year, Spain will crave peace, acknowledge its sins, and the Republic. Nay, in Madrid there will be joy as for a victory that even peace is got. Few things, we repeat, can be notabler than these convention representatives with their power more than kingly. Nay, at bottom are they not kings, able men of a sort, chosen from the 749 French kings, with this order, do thy duty representative levasseur of small stature by trade a mere pacific surgeon accoucheur as mutinies to quell mad hosts mad at the doom of castine bellowing far and wide he alone amid them the one small representative small but as hard as flint which also carries fire in it So, too, at Hunschuten, far in the afternoon, he declares that the battle is not lost, that it must be gained, and fights himself with his own obstetric hand, horse-shot under him, or say on foot, up to the haunches in tide-water, cutting staccato and passato there in defiance of water, earth, air, and fire, the choleric little representative that he was whereby, as natural, Royal Highness of York had to withdraw, occasionally at full gallop, like to be swallowed by the tide, and his siege of Dunkirk became a dream, realising only much loss of beautiful siege artillery and of brave lives. General Houchard, it would appear, stood behind a hedge on this Honshuten occasion, wherefore they have since guillotined him. A new general Jourdin, late sergeant Jourdin, commands in his stead. He, in long winded battles of Vatigny, murderous artillery fire mingling itself with sound of revolutionary battle hymns, forces Austria behind the sombre again, has hopes of purging the soil of liberty. With hard wrestling, with artillerying and siraing, it shall be done. In the course of a new summer Valenciennes will see itself beleaguered, Conde beleaguered, whatsoever is yet in the hands of Austria beleaguered and bombarded, nay, by convention decree, we even summon them all either to surrender in twenty-four hours or else be put to the sword. A high saying which, though it remains unfulfilled, may show what spirit one is of representative drouet as an old dragoon could fight by a kind of second nature but he was unlucky him in a night foray at mauburge the austrians took alive in october last they stripped him almost naked he says making a show of him as king-taker of They flung him into carts, sent him far into the interior of Cimmeria, to a fortress called Spitzburg on the Danube River, and left him there, at an elevation of perhaps a 150 feet, to his own bitter reflections. Reflections, and also devices. For the indomitable old dragoon constructs wing machinery of paper kite, saws window bars, determines to fly down. It will seize a boat will follow the river's course land somewhere in crim tartary in the black sea or constantinople region a la sinbad authentic history accordingly looking far into samaria discerns dimly a phenomenon in the dead night watches the Spitzberg sentry is near fainting with terror is it a huge vague portent descending through the night air It is a huge national representative old dragoon descending by paper kite. Too rapidly, alas, for Drouet had taken with him a small provision store, twenty pounds weight or thereby, which proved accelerative. So he fell, fracturing his leg, and lay there moaning till day dawned, till you could discern clearly that he was not a portent, but a representative or see st just in the lines of weissenberg though physically of a timid apprehensive nature how he charges with his alsacian peasants armed hastily for the nonce the solemn face of him blazing into flame his black hair and trickler hat taffeta flowing in the breeze these our lines of Weissenburg were indeed forced, and Prussia and the emigrants rolled through. But we reinforced the lines of Weissenburg, and Prussia and the emigrants rolled back again, still faster, hurled with bayonet charges and fiery saraiing. See devant Vansage Pichegru. See devant Vansage and Hoche, risen now to be generals, have done wonders here. Tall Pichaguru was meant for the church, was teacher of mathematics once at Brienne's school. His remarkablest pupil there was the boy Napoleon Bonaparte. He then, not in the sweetest humour, enlisted, exchanging Ferula for musket, and had got the length of the halberd, beyond which nothing could be hoped, when the Bastille barriers falling made passage for him, and he is here. Hoche bore a hand at the literal overturn of the Bastille, he was as we saw a sergeant of the garde francaise spending his pay in rushlights and cheap editions of books how the mountains are burst and many an Enceladus is disimprisoned and captains founding on four parchments of nobility are blown with their parchments across the rhine into lunar limbo What high feats of arms, therefore, were done in these fourteen armies, and how, for love of liberty and hope of promotion, low-born valour cut its desperate way to generalship, and from the central carnot in salut public to the outmost drummer on the frontier, men strove for their republic. Let readers fancy. The snows of winter, the flowers of summer, continued to be stained with warlike blood, Gaelic impetuosity mounts ever higher with victory. Spirit of Jacobinism weds itself to national vanity. The soldiers of the Republic are becoming, as we prophesied, very sons of fire. Barefooted, barebacked, but with bread and iron, you can get to China. It is one nation against the whole world, but the nation has that within her which the whole world will not conquer. Samaria, astonished, recoils faster or slower. All round the Republic there rises, fiery as it were, a magic ring of musket-volleying and sigh Majesty of Prussia, as Majesty of Spain, will by-and-by acknowledge his sins and the Republic, and make a peace of bow. Foreign commerce, colonies, factories in the East and in the West, are fallen or falling into the hands of sea-ruling Pitt, enemy of human nature. Nevertheless, what sound is this that we hear on the first of june seventeen ninety-four? Sound of as war thunder born from the ocean, too, of tone most piercing. War thunder from off the breast waters, via Ray joyeuse and English how, after long manoeuvring, have ranked themselves there and are belching fire. The enemies of human nature are on their own element, cannot be conquered, cannot be kept from conquering. Twelve hours of raging cannonade, Sun now sinking westward through the battle-smoke, six French ships taken, the battle lost. What ship soever can still sail, making off? But how is it, then, with that Vengeur ship? She neither strikes nor makes off. She is lamed, she cannot make off, strike she will not. Fire rakes her fore and aft, from victorious enemies the Vengeur is sinking. Strong are ye tyrants of the sea, yet we also, are we weak? Lo, all flags, streamers, jacks, every rag of tricolor that will yet run on rope, fly rustling aloft, the whole crew crowds to the upper deck, and with universal soul-maddening yell shouts, Viva la Republique! Sinking, sinking. She staggers, she lurches, her last drunk whirl, ocean yawns abysmal. Down rushes the vengeur, carrying Viva la République along with her, unconquerable, into eternity. Let foreign despots think of that. There is an unconquerable in man when he stands on his rights of man. Let despots and slaves and all people know this, and only them that stand on the wrongs of man tremble to know it. So has history written, nothing doubting of the sunk vengeur. Reader, Mende Pinto, Munchausen, Cagliostro, Salmanazer have been great, but they are not the greatest. Oh, Barre, Barre, Anacreon of the Guillotine, must inquisitive pictorial history in a new edition ask again, how is it with the vengeur in this its glorious suicidal sinking, and with resentful brush dash a bend sinister of contumelious lamp-black through thee and it? Alas, the Vengeur, after fighting bravely, did sink altogether as other ships do, her captain and above two hundred of her crew escaping gladly in British boats, and this same enormous inspiring feat and rumour of sound most piercing turns out to be an enormous inspiring non-entity, extant nowhere save as falsehood in the brain of Barré. Actually so. Founded like the world itself on nothing, proved by convention report, by solemn convention decree and decrees, and wooden model of the Vengeur, believed, bewept, be sung by the whole French people to this hour, it may be regarded as Barre's masterpiece, the largest, most inspiring piece of blague manufactured for some centuries by any man or nation. As such, and not otherwise, be it henceforth memorable. End of Book 5, Chapter 6